Okay, guys, welcome to episode, I don't know. I think we're on <laughs> 50 something. But today, I'm speaking to the fastest man that I know. And one of the fastest people in the UK, right? UK, Europe. Europe, oh, there you go. You see, he said that, Mel, with, a t- he said that with a tone. And <laughs> Europe. <laughs> He's also got a FIFA card as well. That's when you know you've made it. <laughs> it the, the, the stats are a bit dodgy on it, though. Oh, the really? St- look, look at it, pace 84. Come on. <laughs> they, they just went straight for power it's the only thing i have uh big welcome to harry double a aka harry atkins ariti ariti <laughs> he nearly got it ariti ariti i didn't want to get it wrong i had it do you know what it is but you know i couldn't say it with chest and you can't say it with chest you can never say it because it's akins ariti in it so obviously okay. my parents uh the if if you really want to say it with chest it's actually Aikens Aite. Aikens Aite. That's the African. Because you know that's what? That's the African I was, looking, I was looking over a few clips of like some of your races mm. and I was always like, I wonder what the commentators are going to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, lit- that's literally why I'm called Harry Double A because if they try to say my name with chest, um, <laughs> the race is done. The race is done. <laughs> the race is done. They're like, hold on, this guy from Great Britain. No. <laughs> He's from <laughs> Ghana. Bro. Let's give him Harry AA. He's that's it, Ghana. straight up. No, but yeah, it's really good to have one of the fastest people as well as Harry here. Um, <laughs> I clocked that two seconds late as well as Harry here. You're not Let, that fast, are you? No, nah, not that fast a brain. I'm, 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 do you know what it is? I'm very trusting. Yeah, yeah. I'm know, just so trusting, you know. I would you're, never think anyone would say anything like that to me, you know. You know what? I re- every time, I think this is like the third time I've seen you, third or fourth. Yeah. And the first time I hit you up was actually when you said let's all do like uh, an influencer game yeah. where there's going to be, we did uh, like 100 meters, 200 meters, yeah. shot put, long, not uh, not long jump. We, we, it was like, it was like a hybrid event. So it was like, you know, a 60, it was a 150. Yeah. It was uh, instead of like a, a natural shot put throw, it was a backward throw. It was yeah. a standing long jump and yeah. vertical jump, all them little athletic. So basically yeah. everything Harry's good at. <laughs> Feats of athleticism. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I came from a little trip last year with Paula Lima mm. and I said, uh, I'm feeling very soft belly right now. I was actually about five kilos heavier than I am now. I'm like, <laughs> Harry, I've never done anything on a track before. Can I come do a few sessions? Yeah. With you? Yeah. And you were like, of course. And the first thing you did, you invited me to your house. Mm. And I was mm. like, Ross, okay, I don't <laughs> even, I've never met this guy. He's like, come to my house. So we came in here actually. Yeah. We did a session here and, um, end up going really well so i know you're a nice person just from that you know when just you meet someone bat, yeah yeah you just like you just i don't know you get that energy of oh this guy's all about that you know that's us I mean? ghanaians you know yeah is that is that ghanaian hospitality if you come to my parents house you're not allowed to come in and not in the time that you will enter the house yeah you're not allowed to leave unless you smiled and you're full of belly uh, but you know what <laughs> That's, it's, it's similar to actually, you know what, it's weird because it's like every sort of like immigrant culture culture has that. Because yeah. I don't think they have anything other than that. It's food. F- food is, food is obviously Because you've got no money. Laughs. Yeah, that's it. So I'll feed you with whatever I have. Yeah. And I'll make it tasty yeah. because most street food is tasty food. It's yeah. just poor man's food, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, we, we hype about jollof rice. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's rice. It's rice. <laughs> it's rice. And now you go to Camden, yeah. Brixton. They're making all these fancy restaurants. Out. Yeah. And I bet if you took your mum there, she'd be like, mm, what is this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what, what, why, is, why is this 12 pounds? <laughs> why is this 12 pounds? Come yeah. on, it's too much. <laughs> so were you born here or were you born? 
I was born in the UK. Okay. I was born in St. Helier Hospital, um, opposite the track where I, where I first started training, literally right opposite no the road. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 1988, my, my birthday month is coming up, August. Okay. Um, so, born there. Um, my two older sisters were born in Ghana. Um, so, I like to call myself, we're first gen UK people, innit? Because yeah. obviously, like, me and my younger sister were born here. So, we've got quite a lot of influence in terms of. Um, our upbringing per se like it's quite funny you know telling people um, like my parents not that they were against me doing sport for example but it was all about academia and like you know making sure that you know you you get your qualifications in this and that I had to really fight um, to do what I wanted to do in terms of oh mate like can you you give me an example oh um, I think one time I got I'll give you a little quick little idea of what my family like one time I was driving home, my sister called me and said, Harry, can you pick me up? I'm at bowling. And I said, okay. Now in our household, if you leave the house, you already know how you're getting home. So I said, hang on, how come you don't know how you're getting home? Yeah. She was like, oh, well, mum's not happy with me. I said, why is mum not happy with you? She goes, oh, mum said I'm out of control. I said, what? I said, Charlene, what have you done? She now says, well, I've lost my travel card for the second time in a month. <laughs> that's that's my parents for you okay okay love 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 but at the same time they're fairly i was like cool okay yeah don't lose your travel card again so when i um when i got like a bad report now having told you that story my report really wasn't that bad okay it wasn't even bad (laughs) my parents were like yeah you're not going track you're not you're not yeah you're not that's it Um, you went to union that as well right yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, okay so i didn't i didn't finish i didn't finish um i i i paused it and then never went back um but yeah so even growing up i remember like imagine i i I first got my first kit sponsor uh i was with nike when i was 15 um so i was getting kit drops and I think when I got you like- You were the guy <laughs> at school. Not You're even, like, you know. Harry's got, the, Harry's got the new gear again. Not even, not even. I was, I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was the token black dude in the school <laughs> in my year. Um, but I didn't really, I didn't really, I wasn't really that guy, if that makes sense. I was always just there. People respected me for what I did. But obviously back then- But your talking, parents were onto you. They were onto me, yeah. You I, had to convince them before you- Oh, mate, like I said, I remember one time, I think I lost the camera. I didn't lose a camera. They lost the camera, but they thought I lost the camera. They they weren't going to let me go English schools, so like a national event. They weren't going to let me go. Like I remember um, again studies. Uh, some events were coming up. I got a kit drop from Nike, big box. It sat in their room for two months till I finished. No. This, yeah, this thing was sent for me. Had my name on it. It's all for me. It was only when I won the um, when I won the World Youths when I was double World Youth champion over the hundred, two hundred, um, and like even that day when I came back. They were like, yeah, go do the washing up. I was like, yeah, okay. Back to normal practices. This is it. Then they humbled like, me, man. They humbled me. Everything they they humbled me. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing you can do to 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 make them. It was only when I sort of one young sports personality that they were like, okay, look, if you're gonna do this, you have to do this properly. Because obviously th- as a parent, I think it is one of those things where it's like when they're when they're up, grown, and you know, gone. They want to know that they've left you in a good position. So, you know, my dad will see. I remember like he's seeing like people on TV. He's like, come on, look, these guys, they're probably earning peanuts. You want something that's going to take you through life and this, this and that. Like you want stability. Like what happens when you get hurt? What happens when you do this? What happens when you do that? So for example, they've always wanted just to make sure that I'm good 
you know yes. when you have that family when you have this when you have that you're good so I'm I'm I'm, I'm so grateful for how they've brought me up yeah. because it's installed a lot of good like you said like these sort of cultural upbringings yeah, of course. give you so much depth and so much power to move forward with like and appreciation as well so much the way I look at my parents they're superheroes to me yeah I love that yeah superheroes to me man there's no there's no like you know we we live in a world of Instagram, YouTube, vlogging, people documenting having one kid. My mum's got four. My dad's got four kids. Yeah. They did it together and they worked. They were doing shift work. One parent would look after me during the yeah. day. One we I'll be seeing them like that. They they did bits. If you documented their life, that would yeah. have been worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you're seeing, and I don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people that are doing great things, raising kids and, and inspiring others. But you know, but a lot of people you. now are soft. Yes, yes. That's what it is, bro. That's what, just say it, bro. They was, they're soft. <laughs> That's what I'm glad my I'm- My nan, yeah. my nan popped 12 kids in a village with no electric or no medicine. <laughs> my granddad was pumping her like no tomorrow, obviously. He ain't caring. <laughs> yeah, he ain't caring. What, you think he changed a nappy? No chance, bro. He brought the money home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he brought yeah, the money home yeah. and she was home looking yeah. after the kids in That's a it. village. Oh, my, my dad used to tell me that they used to sleep- um, uh, boy, girl, boy, girl. Yeah. Right? Uh, head to toe, head to toe, like yeah, that. Yeah. So they don't, so they don't fight. Uh, even like slicing up cheese at breakfast. Yeah. My grandma had to cut up all even pieces. Just uh, so none of the kids fight. Oh, so like mate. everything that we do that we over exaggerate. Mm. Even the people nowadays when they're like, you know, when these motherfuckers record people. Yes. Uh, I did this for a homeless person. I'm like, just do just it. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Why yeah. are you? It's, your intention is obviously not good if you're recording it. Yeah. In like a. If it's captured by someone else. Different. Different story. Different story. But when 100%. you're doing it from the point of view of that person, like yeah. you, you know, I want to give this to this person. Yeah. Exactly. I think there's there, there's obviously a thought process behind it because the intention may not be just solely for them. Yes. And I think that's. Don't get me wrong. If you want to try and uh, show some form of. Uh, movement and say like look this is what we should be doing to help people mm. then fair enough but yeah. equally at the same time if it's just sort of like I saw this person and gave it to them boom yeah exactly whereas it's like um, I've been an advocate for trying to improve and, and and bring light to some form of you know unfortunate circumstances for yeah. some people then that's different but yes. I know what you mean but that's why I like sitting and talking with you mate because you're real yeah, see, no, me, like see me remember I'm an athlete I've been media trained well yeah. so I've been media trained so still still sometimes I sit there yeah. with my hat and I'm just sort of like you you know when you watch the football interviews yeah and then you know certain man it might be Champions League yeah knockout <laughs> but a guy will still say you know just glad we got the three points because <laughs> they're trained no. to say that Harry, Harry's worried he might lose Derek out front yeah big old Derek Derek which is his car isn't it yeah good old um, good old Derek yeah. little um, little defender out there he's uh, do you know what's funny though talking about cars I've always found it synonymous whatever car I drive is how I perform so not, what does that mean like in like in line with like similar to isn't defender slow exactly <laughs> <laughs> I'm injured right now oh, okay. <laughs> I'm okay. wedged <laughs> okay. Okay. so right, I remember like so I've got a C-class I do have yeah. a C-class not as fast as yours it's a C-class C250 <laughs> yeah, yeah. diesel and I got in it the other day and I, was, I forgot about the poke and it started moving and I went to the track yesterday and I felt fast again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving now. So, um, and like, I remember I had one car, I had an A5 and it, it was just, it, I had it for a long time and when it was coming towards the end, 
it was coming towards the end. Like the head gasket kept going, little little sparks kept going, um, spark plugs kept going. Sorry, and at that moment in time, I kept getting injured. I'm telling you, I always have like synonymous feelings with with like movements of me running fast at my cars. So Sounds basically, like you need to invest in a Ferrari then. Literally, <laughs> I, I literally just need to go and Is get that your one car to that can zap. Yeah, yeah or you. I need, or I think um, the defenders they've got um, they got a V8 version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah. It's a Land Come Rover. on, Land Rover just sort me out. Please, sort them out please, please, and then come please. over to me because my dad's asking me for a whip <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the Sorry, thing man. is do you, do you know what it is yeah you know when you see them stories about like obviously footballers sorting out parents houses yeah, and yeah. cars I would absolutely love to yeah, yeah 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 one day if I could abs- if I could just turn around to my parents and be like pull up to a crib and be like it's yours. It's yours. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that one. The day, absolute amount of wealth that you have to have to be able to do that in this day and age would actually yeah. be ridiculous. But I mean, you know, shout out to them guys that be doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But equally, yeah, that, that's that's some different form of aspiration. If you could yeah. drop a whip for your parents, like your yeah. dad, just be like, your dad, come. Yeah. There you go. But it, it must be like hard for you. No, hard for you in the sense of um, you have to concentrate on being an athlete. Mm, mm, right. Mm. So like me, I run a business and my work is my coaching and all that stuff. So I concentrate to build that, but you're still in your prime of being an athlete. So therefore you're working on that. So if you were to put that energy into a business as well, it'd be very difficult to actually maximize yourself as an athlete. Right? So hence why you got to be, do the things that you do. And even like you said, media training, you're kind of careful because there are sponsors watching, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. cause what is the deal with that? Is it like, Okay, if I say this, I might lose this sponsor. Because you <laughs> yeah. got a baby to feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. by the way. I yeah. appreciate that. Little Aubrey Isla repping. Beautiful, yeah. 10 months. She liked Dyrin, actually. She's quite <laughs> yeah. surprised. She don't, she don't really like men, you know. Really? <laughs> she don't like guys with kids. <laughs> she look at my dad and be like, yo. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's, do you know what? There's, the world of track is different. So the way that I see it is I'm an athlete that's on the gram. That's yep. the only thing that people want to see is obviously because I'm an athlete on the gram. Um, but equally, the world of track and field in terms of financial gain is actually very, very different to what it used to be. And when I say different, it's not as good. A lot of people might think that uh, a lot of people out there, Olympics on right now, people are watching athletes, you know, fighting tooth and nail for what we all sort of appreciate and dream of. But equally, some of them could just be, you know, at home at home with their parents they might just be renting they might you know the, the finances involved are not they're not fair I'm yeah, going to say okay. they're, they're not ideal yeah. but then that's because equally the sport needs to sort of market itself in a in a position that allows the revenue streams to come in to pay the athletes in the way that they should get paid so you know I'm quite fortunate that I'm in a position that I have done well in the sport um, yeah. and I've been able to put myself in good positions and I've been able to do certain things but things like Instagram and YouTube and TikTok, they've changed the game for us because you have to build a brand. So when you're yeah. talking about, you know, having to focus on this, this and that, you do have to think about how you're portraying yourself because brands look at you differently now. Yeah. So you've got to market yourself. Previously, the way it used to work was a brand would come, look at you and say, you're marketable. Yeah. Yeah, we can work with you. We can show you to our audience and as you grow, you might be able to bring us in a different type of audience that we didn't have previously. Yeah. Whereas now, um, and to be fair, that sort of stopped, that era of, you know, marketing athletes in that perception kind of changed in around 2012-ish. Okay. Um, whereas now, especially in this day and age, you know, brands will come to you and say, what can you do for us? 
or who are you? What have you got that we can utilize? Okay. So from that perspective, like, you know, going back, I remember 2014, I had one of the most like successful years as a senior athlete. Um, I, I ran, uh, I got second at the British champs. Yeah. I ran 1008 that year. I medaled at the Commonwealth Games, got silver medal in the relay. That's 100 metres, by the way. for Yeah, four by one, yeah, in the relay. Um, and I medaled in the uh, European gold medal, the European Championship, same year in the relay, and also got a bronze medal, so third in the 100 metres, yeah? Mad. So I, that was a great year. Off the back of that, did I have any sponsors? No. Nothing. Uh, my kit deal at the time, they tried to offer me like a watered-down deal. And I was like, wow, like obviously that kit sponsor at the time was actually sponsoring GB. So it sort of made sense because obviously you're going to be wearing the kit anyway. So they can play tactics in that regard as well. So I just, I just look back at that year and I think to myself like, wow, you've really got to be doing more for yourself. Whereas now looking at myself, like, unfortunately I'm injured. Well, I'm coming back from an injury. Uh, I was at the European Indoor Championships where I was representing Great Britain, semi-final. Um, I've snapped my semi-tendon. I've hurt myself before in circumstances, but now this time around, because of the way the world is with socials. building socials, building a brand, even though I was hurt, I'm still signing deals. You know, I've just yeah. signed with Pure Sport, CBD. Same. You know, if anything, they're going to help me on my recovery yeah. process because obviously that's something they're in tune with. But when I look back then, you could be as successful as you are. Sometimes in certain sports, they look at people because they like the idea of you doing well. When yeah. you do well, it's sort of like, okay, you've done it now. Let's look at someone else. Yeah. So it's difficult for, you know, when I look at some of my friends in the sport and I'm like trying to tell them like, I want them to come down and it's taken me like three, four years to sort of build some form of rhythm to sort of market, be able to market products and market myself and still train and do whatever. But I'm trying to tell my friends, I'm like, and even youngers, I'm like, come train with me and I'll help you out. I help you build your brand. I help you push yourself in that degree because I'm a bit of a hybrid athlete. Like you said, a lot of athletes will sit there and go, when I run, when I win that Olympic medal, when I run fast, but gone were those days where yeah. we, bro, you're on your phone swiping. If something don't refresh in three seconds, you're moving on. Yeah, that's right. So how many people are watching the Olympics live? Very little. People will be streaming stuff. We're part of a streaming generation, Netflix, Disney Plus, highlights Amazon. On socials. Exactly. And if yeah. anything happens, you need something to blow for it to go viral. Yeah. So for you to think that one performance is going to set your life up now, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a Tom Daly who got his first gold in four years. Look at that journey that he's been on. Four Olympics. Do you know how I heard about that? Because he cried. S- socials. Because he cried. Yeah. He was on socials. Yeah. Everyone was like, I can't believe the tears. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is what, he crying What's about? happened? And yeah. then I looked what's into happened? it. Yeah. Because he did something yeah. that caught people's attention. Tension. And, and you're saying athletes don't do that enough. And unfortunately, back in the, you know, if you go to Sydney, if you go to Atlanta, 96, if you go to Barcelona 92, back in those days, if GB as a whole got six medals, you were like as a whole nation, like every sport, you know, that yeah. was mad. And from that perspective, if you were one of those six, yeah. that's where you got your name. That's okay. where you got. Whereas now, I think we're only three days in and we got 10 medals. You know, I've been to, I've been to two Olympics. Unfortunately, I couldn't go, I couldn't try to make my point of going to this one. So you've been to two Olympics? I've been to two Olympics. Okay. So 2008, Beijing. Why isn't that clear on your socials? <laughs> I'm I an Olympian, didn't I? I, I, don't know. I looked everywhere, bro. Okay, now we change the title. Harry AA, my double, first Olympian. Double Olympian. Uh, look, I'm a double Olympian. I'm a so two-time Olympian, uh, world medalist, Yeah. 
uh, multiple European medalists, multiple Commonwealth medalists. Say it with chess, bub. With you chess. see that? Sick. The pec dance coming. See oh, that? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but did the, you get that? <laughs> but the point being is, when I first went to the Olympics in 08, yeah, and we all get it. We all get it. Like as an athlete, when I tell someone I'm an athlete sprinter, they're like, oh, yeah, I used to run. You know, in high school, same way that some people be like, I used to play football, but my knee. Yeah, my knee, innit? My knee. Yeah. So in 08, I remember going to the Olympics. <laughs> That's him. That's him. I remember going to the Olympics and the, and, the, and the perception around it was like, bloody hell, Harry. Awesome. You're amazing. Like 19 years of age. I had a back injury two years before that. Like I was in a back brace yeah. um, oh, the year before. So I managed to, so I'd won, I'd won the World Youth double won the World Juniors and I was in a back brace all of 07, come away, boom, run PBs and I made the team. Um, and just the general conception was like, that's amazing, you're an Olympian. Yeah. But 2012 come, and this is, is a good thing, but it's a bad thing. All of a sudden, it was like we started to become like the States. We we finished like fourth in the medal tally. Like you got sports like cycling, uh, swimming done well. Obviously, that's when the cyclists all put us on the map. No, uh, sorry, 2012, London. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was long. It's cool, it's cool. We're, we're wiped out. We're wiped out. No, no, out. don't wipe <laughs> Shows my interest. <laughs> no, but that's it. But it's what I'm trying to say. And because GB seemed to have done well, because it was a home Olympics as well, I remember like the general public would ask people like, so how did you do? It's not just you're an Olympian. It's, so how did you do? And then going to Rio, we got shafted anyway in the relay in terms of lane draw and whatever else. But we, we, there was a slight mess up, but we finished fifth in the relay, right? Now that's the one, we, we've, got like world, we've got like a world record for the time that we ran in lane one. But nonetheless, we didn't get a medal. That's the only place I haven't got a medal. So coming back from Rio, because we've done well again, as a nation, which yeah. is great because obviously you want to do well as a nation, but all of a sudden as Brits, it's sort of like, so did you medal? That's the general, that's, yeah. that's the general feel. So like, cause we're doing so well. So as an athlete, it gets like watered, football fans. Yeah. Like it gets watered down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets watered down without the financial gain. Cause yeah. these people, they're not walking away from this cake. These guys right now, they're not getting paid yeah. by the Olympic Federation. They're not getting paid. You get paid at your world champs as prize money, but right now, it's an amateur yeah, yeah, sport. Yeah. They do on their personal contracts, fine. But if they make it, if they blow, if they do something big, even if you win that gold, if we've got ten medals already and you finish fourth, or yeah. it, you get one of those bronzes, how are you then going to blow from that moment and make something for yourself? Yeah. This is what I'm trying to say. Is this way is important to build that brand. I know people that have got Olympic medals and still live you know, good lives, moderate, like, you know, just, just humble lives, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't think, some people think when I get that Olympic gold, I'm going to blow. So I'm gonna if there was a young athlete in, uh, at the Olympics right now, what advice would you give to them? What would they do to get that exposure to help with them in their future? Like say, if there, there's a young athlete there, they're going to perform in the next few days at the Olympics. What would you say to them about building their brand? I, w I would say right now, you need to take each moment and document it. Like, gone were the days where it's talking about going, like, blacking out and putting down your phone or whatever else. Just document moments, whether it be photos, videos, and talk about who you are. Yeah. Talk about the process that you've gone through because by giving yourself an opportunity... The story. The story. Before yeah. that, that's what I'm trying to say. So if you were to sit down, you're right. It's all about that story because if, if in the build-up too, unfortunately, I run the 100 metres. 
you'll see someone, you'll see my face for all of two minutes in that lineup. Yeah. Then we run for all of 10 seconds. Yeah. And if there's no interest, That's like it. obviously in the Olympics, you'll get your interview with BBC. That's your two minutes. To sell yourself. To sell yourself. Now you're, you might have won, you might have lost, you might have got knocked out, you might have advanced. I remember one of my friends, uh, 2012, Andrew Asagi, he came in and like, cause he made the Olympic final with a rapid time in the 800 meters. He, he came in, he was like, leave it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's obviously back then when everyone was hyping about that sort of stuff. And that was amazing because everyone could tune in and be like, I like this guy. Yeah. I like this guy. I want to tune in because there's what 11,000 athletes there. Yeah. You've got to use this moment yeah. to give yourself a building block, but that moment of success or don't be scared to fail. Yeah. Cause in failure, People see some form of uh, they relatability. Yeah, hundred percent. They can get in tune with that. Yeah. They can see that you're you, you look at like we said with Tom Daly. He's actually first Olympics didn't medal, second one bronze, third one bronze, and now he's got his gold. Yeah. Now the story's all about him, but people are obviously forgetting as well. The guy had a it was synchro diving. So tell me yeah. the guy's name that got gold with him. You can't tell me exactly because no one's hyping about this guy. I feel sorry for this guy. His first Olympics. I think his name's Matt first olympics he's helped tom him and tom have done it together but obviously because of tom's journey and everything that he's been through that's what everyone's focusing on yeah okay. the guy's an olympic gold medalist on his first attempt boom that's amazing you know what's crazy about this episode yeah we need to cut that give to him so the olympians can listen the second thing is i didn't land this up on purpose <laughs> <laughs> but this is perfect time for the olympics yeah. <laughs> now we're talking about this it's actually perfect but it's Can't funny that you say that um one of my mates, he plays for Jamaica. Michael Hector is a Fulham player. And when they played um, in the Copa America, they played against uh, Argentina. Sick. Played against Messi. Yeah, yeah. One of the highlights, the reason a lot of people watched that game and knew about that game was because one of the Jamaican players that played in America, when the game finished, he ran into the changing room, grabbed his phone and did a selfie with Messi on the pitch. That got millions of views yeah. around the world more than the actual game. Mad. And mad. Like footballers are taking a piss out of him going, what are you doing? But he, he sees his moment. But it's his moment that yeah. he's there with Messi. A, Messi, god, a, a god, god to him. Exactly. A god of, you know, Ronaldo, Messi, Pele, exactly. Maradona. Yeah. These are gods of yeah. the of the arena. So what you're trying to tell me that that if I'm if I if I if I see certain people in certain sports that I look up to that I'm meant to ignore them. Don't get me wrong. 90 minutes, you play your game. I'm right here, bro. Yeah? 90 minutes. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I'm in awe. <laughs> I'm in awe. Yeah. No, 100%. 90 yeah. minutes, play your game, be professional. Outside yeah. of that, I know Roy Keane might have something to say with that. <laughs> I love him. I love yeah, Roy Keane. I can't, I can't lie. I love him. But see, but like all of that stuff that they're doing, mm. you, you love his personality. Yes. You're not even thinking about what he did before. Nah. I mean, I'm a United fan anyway. Yeah. And I know, and I know what he did before. Yeah. But as a pundit, like, he's a bit like, you know, he's an old, he's an old soul. Yeah. In, in a generation that has, has moved on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's nice to have his input yeah. in the way that he might say, because he says it in a nice way, but then equally the same way that, like, I think you yourself will break down certain things that you're passionate about. Yeah. 
there's a no bullshit attitude attitude around it. Yeah. He's very similar. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's something that I think we need a bit of because, you know, I don't I'm not I'm not one of them guys on the ground war on socials that will call people out for so I'm a nice guy. I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan knows I'm nice. Sponsor I, him. I, I will I will I will kill you with kindness. <laughs> yeah. If you're horrible to me, I'll be thanks, mate. Thanks for the support and I'll make you feel bad about that. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> Touch me, I'll sue you, yeah. I won't fight you, I'll sue you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm about but um, yeah I think when you've got people in certain sports that you're talking about when you look up to them and you seize that moment and you're like do you know what Ra, me- I've just played 90 minutes against Messi yeah. I want to remember this moment yeah, of course. and I want everyone to join in and appreciate and see what this moment means to me because unfortunately so it's, it's, it's two ways you look at it for those young Olympians out there for those young sports people for those young entrepreneurs anyone that's trying to make something document your journey because in that one moment you've got to think about your CV yeah if you want people to tune in and get involved with who you are as an individual yeah. look at Shikari Richardson she's a sprinter yeah. who um, unfortunately isn't at the Olympics at the moment her mum passed away um, and she was smoking marijuana and she won the Olympic trials and it blew up because she pointed at the clock. She's quite majestic in who she is, her hair. Obviously, I'm Team Dina at the moment, Dina Asher Smith. That's my girl, and okay, it's a common okay. Dina. But Shikari, the way that she did it, it blew because it went viral. Michelle Obama was tweeting about her. All of these people have gone viral. However, in her moment of downfall, so she it came out, failed drug test. Yeah. So she got a few hundred thousand followers off the back of that win, bro. Now. I think if she was on, I think she got up to like maybe like 500,000 followers, 600,000 followers off the back of the win. Now she's on 2.2 million because of the fact that she failed a drug test and that she's not allowed to run at the Olympics. So in and around that, bro, you got Snoop Dogg commenting on her post. You got all of these Drake being like, let Shikari run. So in her moment of disappointment and what is classed as her downfall, Yeah. yeah, it's made her. Yeah, She's yeah, now yeah. transcended the sport. She's Kanye West just dropped his new album. She's the, she's the music video. Sharp. That's mad. She's the music video. So what I'm talking about is sometimes... You never know what what doors you might open by being yourself. By basically. being yourself and also just... You never know what's going to happen in moments of distress, yeah. in moments what you might class as a downfall, yeah. moments of embarrassment. You never know what's going to happen. I think she, they're exciting times because mate, you just open new doors or create new no moments. Idea. You know? No idea. No she, she's, idea. She's, uh, they were comparing her... To the to the athlete that is n- that was a man and is now yeah so they were c- comparing her being like this yeah. person smoked a bit of weed and you're telling me yeah that that was that it was her right so yeah. it, what the thing is around some of the what do you think about that as well I want to know your opinion on that. so it's tough because obviously like within sport there are you do have to categorize men versus women yeah I think what you're trying to say is that if if you're allowing uh, a man or female or, or pre-op pre-op female it's mad, isn't it? you don't even know what to say because it's hard it's hard it's like, creating stress man. it's creating stress and i don't want to offend anyone so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you're saying what you can within the best of your nature but if you're allowing a pre-op female yeah to compete against females yeah however in a different event so they're pre-op yeah in a different event you're capping certain people yeah. So there's women who are not allowed to compete at the Olympics now because their natural testosterone levels are too high. That's mad. That doesn't make sense to me. So if someone's naturally that way and they're born a female, but yet someone who's not born a female 
and is pre-op but can still compete as a female and then just because of the air of confusion around it yeah. I'm not sat here to say what should happen and what shouldn't happen but because there's confusion around it there's someone who's smoked a bit of weed which you wouldn't say is helping them in a sport but it goes against the morality of the sport yeah. that's that's what it's in line with so when people are getting confused about it because I'm in agreement I get drug tested you know if I was to stay around your house tonight I have to text a number to say the address that I'm at because I can get randomly drug tested at any Shut moment up. if I miss three of them in 18 months I get banned for two years this is yeah we did a pod me James with Sonny Webster yeah we spoke about this obviously unfortunate well. stuff happened to him yeah. in that circumstance so that's and that's mad and that's what so I'm talking about tell him you're staying around Bruv, I have to fill out a calendar three months in advance with my regular activities and give them one hour a day Mand- I have to give one mandatory hour a day that, that, that I can get drug tested in that mandatory hour if I'm not there and they turn up it's classed as a missed test if you get three of those missed tests then you, you're banned for two years it happened to Christina Horugu. Um, but equally as well as that, they can still turn up. So if I have a job yeah. or if I'm, when I'm training or if whatever regular activities I they do in my day, they can just rock up. And if I'm not there, that's fine. But if I am there, then I have to, they, they have to test me. If you, if you refuse, and then what's it's the like, test, peace test. It can be pee, it can be blood. Really? It can be both. The man just come in suits, come sit down. Bro, yeah, in black, and then yeah. stick a needle in you. Yeah, bro. During, during COVID, I was getting, I was getting tested over Wi-Fi. <laughs> I was FaceTime, and then you had to the, the the way around it was what they were doing. So someone would turn up at the door, drop the box off. You take the box in, you FaceTime them, and obviously there's been mishaps. I think um, I don't know if this story is true, but I heard one story. Like this again, so, so I'm saying this on file. I don't know if this is true, but one of the reasons when I get drug tested, obviously you got to pull your sleeves up, you got to pull your top up all the way up. And then you've got to pull your pants down all the way to your knees. They have to see where the urine's coming from. Reason being is obviously because I think... Um, what? Yeah, bro. And this, I've been doing this since I was 16. But I won the World Youth. That's the first time I got drug tested. They need to see your dick. They need to see where the urine is coming from. 100%. And reason being is I think, again, I don't know if this is true or not, but there was one story that happened way back. A guy was using uh, his wife's urine and he was putting it underneath his armpit, funneling the tube and pushing it through because he was doping and then it, it came back. Was, and he were, Ru- was he Russian? No, I don't know what, I don't know who he was, <laughs> but supposedly it came back and the sample was, uh, was the fact that he was pregnant. Shut <laughs> up. And that's how they clocked. I think so. Oh. The, again, like, like I'm saying this on record. I do not know if this is true or not. There's something I've heard, but this is one of the reasons as to why they need to see. That is mad. Where it's coming from. But I've been like, and that's what I'm trying to say. And I had this conversation with Olima the other with the, day. What about with the women? The women, yeah, they, they see, you know, they, they sat, they squat, they put the pot underneath. And or, there's a, obviously, I'm assuming a female that's watching that. Yeah, so it's, it's of the same sex. It's always, when it's when it's urine, it's always the person of the same sex. Right, so Bear Brothers walking around going, right, I've seen yep. Harry's. Yep, yep, he's seen, seen my piece. I've, I've seen Bolt's piece. Yep. And the Codner just flying about and that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. There's one athlete I do know, and the thing is, it, it's, it's kind of Surely mad. Surely this must start rumors. This is because because it's mad because some of these people are volunteers. Like they volunteer to do this stuff in it to be involved. That's how you know it's spooky. <laughs> that's how you know. So I don't know. Like I don't mind being drug tested because I I would just like the rest of the world to have the same level of um you know drug testing that we have in the UK. They're on it. They are so on it. UCAD are on it. You want to know that the rest of the world is like that. But for some reason, when, like, obviously I've got a child now, they come at inconvenient times. Like, imagine Sunday, six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday or 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday. Like, is 
it's not great. But point being is, you know, I know some athletes that will purposely make it uncomfortable for them. So like, they're like, I know one guy that if he pees, he make a point of finishing off with a poo. <laughs> and, they, and they have to sit there and, uh, and it's rich. like I feel sorry for them because I'm like you're just doing your job in it like we need this in our sport but just just because he's just making a point of he's like sorry if I pee I've got a poo so he's there oh, like. that's too funny <laughs> what's um, what's the most random time or random place they've got you to do a test Um, I always make sure that I I'd, I'd, I'd fill it out so I'm always at home or at like my parents' house or someone's house. But the most inconvenient time is just if they come in the evening, if you're about to pop out. So for me, it hasn't been too bad in that circumstance because then your your plans just get ended for the night. If you want to go into full detail and start writing down where you're going to be doing like your regular activities in terms of... So what if man's on holiday? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you fill it out when you're on holiday. Yeah. So what, I can't be Wanderlust be like tomorrow I'm going to Ibiza? Yeah, you can. But you you can. You change know. it. You just change it. And then if they choose to come and test, I've been tested all over all over the world. Yeah. Like, so you can be in Ghana with family or something? Yeah, yeah. Just rock up. They can rock up, yeah. That is mad. Like, that's the thing. Where you're an athlete, you have, you've got to think about it. Like, during COVID times, they were still coming and tested us. Because obviously, like, anyone can dope. Anyone can use performance enhancing drugs. And it's, and you've just got to be responsible in that fact. So like, for me, I learned early on that I can't even take a, was it Benadryl? Benadryl. I can't even take that because it's got something in it that will make me fail a drug test. So there's certain things you've got to be careful of. And So if I was a snake, right? Mm. Come over for dinner, Harry. Yeah. Come over. Come yeah, on. yeah. Come on. Oh. Yeah. Salt Bay. Salt Bay, them drugs. But Ped, Ped Bay. Ped Bay. <laughs> Ped Bay. You eat my food, you go home. Yeah. You get tested, boom. Yeah. So you got a, yeah. You can't be going to... Bruv, the, you could go to a competitor's house. Yeah. And they could snake you. They could snake you if they really wanted to, but boy, that's Imagine. deep. That's deep. But they they can. They could. Technically, I don't know what... I'm thinking outside the box. Yeah, bro. you're thinking way outside the box. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go around with my own cutlery now. So yeah, bro. That's, it. Bro, that's <laughs> um, mental. But then equally, it's, 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 it's a mindful. But what, what it is like this is happening to me. You're saying that's a mindful work. This is uh, such a good insight in this stuff. Yeah. But then equally, I'm posting videos on socials and since, since day dot, I've been, people have been telling me since I was 16, I'm on drugs. I'm on steroids. Yeah. I'm on something. This is pure Ghanaian genetics. <laughs> a lack of myostatin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, have you been accused of that? Oh, uh, bro. I didn't really, I literally, I, I don't really know much about the platform Reddit. Okay. So I actually just put my name in there it just says, bruv, there was one thing. Was it natty or juice? <laughs> I'm a natural or juice. There was a gold column people just talking about, yeah, no, nah, no way. No way he's natural. No, like, it's just a fact. And I remember I posted a video on TikTok that went a bit viral. Videos go viral yeah, on TikTok yeah, and it's yeah. just what it is. So there's a lot of people that don't know who I am, don't know the fact I'm Olympian. People be like, yeah, great body, but he's on that juice. Yeah. Which, which peds and, you know, the... But you know what I think it is as well? Mm. I think if they meet you, I think they'll have a different opinion mm. because mm. you're you're so lean. Like mm. You're a big guy. Mm. No offense, but you're not massive. No, no, no. In the sense, but you're so aesthetic, mm. right? You've got great genetics, but you obviously train very hard. I know because I've trained with him multiple times. So you saw a picture of him, right? And did you think he was bigger, like as in on the picture, than what you saw today? Not lean-wise, but I'm talking about General size mass. mass. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, but if you looked at the photo, you'd probably think he's bigger. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what people I mean? People think I'm five foot ten. Some people are like, oh, I thought you'd be taller. I run tall. Yeah, 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 yeah. But equally, five foot ten, and like you said, with the sheer muscle mass, like yeah, I obviously if I back a top off. How much like, do you weigh? Eighty-five kilo. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's not even like I'm. Um, you're an athlete, bro. Yeah, like. But if you're on juice, you could easily go up to a hundred. But that's what I mean. Some people like Olima, Olima is. Like he's six foot on juice, like <laughs> six foot two, six foot, yeah. and he's he's just about a hundred and One something, hundred and five. Like yeah. so, for me to be five foot ten, like this, yeah. and be a hundred kilo, that's that's with muscle, yeah. Uh, but then people like ha- like it makes me laugh just because the conversations I try to educate some people as you try to do. Yeah. I told you I'm nice. Yeah. I remember one of those comments. I said, "Guy, like, look, um, I get drug tested, blah blah blah, this, this, and that," and they're like, "So have other athletes that have failed tests." <laughs> Like sometimes you can't win. You can't, it's just, you can't win. And even if even if you never fail a drug test, they're like, yeah, there's some but people. You, you know what there is as well, right? Mm. Which a lot of people don't know. And if you're if you've never if you haven't been raised in a multicultural city, mm. right, and you've never been exposed to like black kids, Nigerians, Ghanaians, Jamaicans at a young age, like I was at school. Mm. I remember being in year six, and one of my boys, Shori, <laughs> plays basketball. Yeah. He's played in America. He's still, he plays professional now. Sick. I remember looking at him going, Shory, you freak. <laughs> I've never seen a physique like this. We're yeah. in year six, man. Yeah. He's got like a fucking eight pack. <laughs> you know what I mean? So genetics does play a massive part. Play a part. And I've got multiple friends like this that have got like African background and yeah. whatever. So, so when people comment this stuff that I've never been exposed to different uh, people from different places mm. like you look at Turks and you look at this our hip structure is probably better for weightlifting and yeah, all yeah, this stuff yeah, yeah. so they don't actually pay attention to us they just hate straight away steroids yeah uh, it tends to be the people that obviously have tried to, either to do it um, tried to get to a point or have achieved it by doing that particular thing yeah and I find it so interesting because some people will comment certain things on my on, on the page and I'm like I actually don't even like. I, I I'm so clueless to it, and I've had conversations with people at parties. I remember I went to one wedding way back in 2017, and I'm just chatting to these people, and I was like, Do you know what? If I'm one guy said to me, so yeah, what, what, what are you taking? Like, like what, 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 what you want? And I was like, dude, I don't even, like. I wouldn't even tell you where to go to get it. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those things, like you know, when you're in a club. Now we've all gone raving, yeah. and you know, there's some people doing some cocaine. Like, do you know what I mean? They're doing something in the back. Like, I'm, I'm saying personally, I might have been friends with someone for like four or five years, and then someone tells me they're like, yeah, they always do it, and I'm like, what? Like I'm totally clueless because I don't know where you would go. I don't know how you get it. I don't know. That's the same thing. With I'm, I'm clueless. I'm literally, and this guy wouldn't accept the fact that I was clueless to the yeah. fact. He was like, no, but you know, you can get it here. You can get it. I'm like, well, you know where to get it. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. don't go to those commercial gyms. I don't go to them places where some people talk about needles being left out yeah, in yeah, places yeah. or I'm at high performance centers that's where I do my training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me personally, I've been sheltered from all of that. And that's a good thing because obviously I'm 32 years of age, yeah. been doing this sport half my life, yeah, for more than half my life. And <clears> to get to a point where I haven't a clue about what would actually yeah. be involved you in that sort of perspective. You don't need to. You don't need to, but that's from a sport perspective because that's what people need to remember. I'm an athlete first. Yeah. But um, but no, I just find it so interesting. Like, I'd love to sit down and like, like you said, like I will take any questions on anything about because yeah, yeah. it's about education. If yeah. some people can appreciate and see, come see me train. Like you said, you come, seen come, come along. You know, let's. I'll let's... tell you what. The first time I saw him sprint, I swear to God, I thought a fucking Concord was taking off. <laughs> 
You know that foot drag thing you do? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was mad. Okay, do you remember me saying that? Yeah. I remember going, What just happened? What just happened? I'm going to send you a clip. You can add it to this. Yeah. I'm going to send you a clip when we did the sled stuff. Yeah, when we did the sled. That's the thing. And, 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 all, and all it is, is just like, obviously, some people need to appreciate. I like the term athleticism. Yeah. Because if you're athletic, then it allows you to cross over and be able to do a lot of different things. 100%. Hence the reason, if, like, I think being able to move as fast as I do is just because I can generate force. Being yeah. able to generate force would mean that I should be able to kick something fairly hard, of which course. would mean that I should be able to move in some, you know, with some form of training. But equally, it means that I can jump high. It means yeah. that I can do different things. So, and that's why I love sport because I'm actually half decent at. Yeah, cool. Because everything you pretty do, pretty much everything you need: rhythm, yeah. power, speed, create mm. force, uh, motor skills, whatever. It is. But then two twos ask me to play darts. Ask me to play snooker. Ask me to play uh, ping pong. Anything that has where you have to control yeah. the force, I'm dead. He's so <laughs> this guy is so fast twitch and so efficient with the way he uses his muscles that you'd struggle with sports like that. I I'm so me and ping pong, me, me and table tennis. Oh my, I can't, I can't, can't. I can't. Literally, there's no, there's no finesse. No finesse in the movement. The ball goes through the yeah. wall. Science, Dart, science. same thing. Like I just, like I just, just hundred percent go ham or go home. So when you like when you when you've gone to the Olympics and all these events and stuff, mm. from a young age, what moment were you like, raw? Is that whoever? Uh, yeah, but a moment like that. So two, so. I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of people in sport. Um, 2000 and 2006, I got to meet when I, I was I was a Nike athlete at the time and there was a mad event with Michael Jordan. And um, I, I was fortunate enough to be taken, uh, like there was loads of us, all of us were Nike, it was like an audience with Michael Jordan. You're telling me you met Jordan, bro. Yeah. And um, I got taken into this back room and I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then there was... Uh, Carlos Tevez, Mascherano, uh, Theo Walcott, Philip Senderos, um, and Anton Ferdinand uh, with DJ Spoonie. And I was just like, rah. And obviously I knew Theo because when I won sports personality, he finished second behind me. Jeez. A young sports personality behind me. So again. I was chatting to him, but he, his demeanour was totally different by then because he'd been at Arsenal for like a year now. So he was like, like the shirt was open. He was like, yeah, what's yeah. going on? I was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you're balling in it, man. It's just, I've rocked up in a Corsa, whereas you rocked <laughs> up in your like brand new GTI Ooh, yeah, Golf yeah, or whatever yeah. it is that you're driving. Um, and Philip Senderos was like a massive, massive yeah, yeah. fan. We had no idea what was going to happen. We had no idea what was happening. And then all of a sudden he came out from behind and boom, Michael Jordan just stood out. I was like, oh, that's, that's what? So they took us all behind just to meet him. Whereas like there was probably another hundred Nike athletes out there that didn't have that opportunity. So we got to chat to him, have a good like. So you got to talk with him? Yeah, like a good 15, 20 minutes, like just. The absolute goal. Yeah, and then we went back to our seats where he spoke and had a, he was interviewed by DJ Spoonie in front of everyone. Um, and like, that was one of those moments that I was like, okay, this is, this is sport. But it was a bit, it was a bit unreal. You made it. Not that I made you it. Felt like a I didn't because I still went home to my mum and had <laughs> to do some washing up or something. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, Imagine that. Like, Yo, Jordan, yeah, what's going what's on, bro? Going on, you bro? good, yeah? yeah Your mum come on and you come on, Harry. Harry. Do the washing. Harry. Have, have, you, have you unpacked? <laughs> come on. And it's just a bit mad because, like, but that's the thing. It's like what it means to you because obviously. 
like I said, I've been to sports personalities. Like, I remember being sat next to Lewis Hamilton at a stage, you know, like, yeah. uh, I've, I think one of the maddest moments for me was when you meet people that mean something to you. Like, yeah. I've met the Queen. Oh, I really? Went to, I went to Buckingham Palace 2008. And the mad thing is, like, again, because maybe I don't see a lot of things, not to say that I don't see a lot of things as a big deal, but I just, I just ride the wave. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just enjoying the wave. Like, I remember turning up to mum's house and mum's like, where are you going? I was going Buckingham. I was like, I'm going Buckingham Palace. He's like, to go do what? I'm going to go meet the Queen. Come on, go cut me your hair. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I was like, what? Um, made That's sure nice. that I looked looked presentable. And um, yeah, that, that was amazing. But then it's like, when you meet someone, as being like a Man United fan, um, meet, seeing Sir Alex Ferguson at one sports personality, I was like, oh my God. Oh my god! I was like hyperventilating. I couldn't believe that he, the man, was in front of me, and he wasn't really doing photos with people. But I went up to him. I said, "Look, sir, sir, it's like, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a massive Man United fan. Can I please? Well, we better have a photo then." And like to me, that was like oh, a majestic nice. moment. But answering your question in terms of when you've been to places and you've just gone raw. So again. Our guys at the Olympics now, I've already seen a couple of people take pictures with like Djokovic. Yeah, I've yeah. seen him. I remember seeing Kobe. McDonald's, in my era for the Olympics I've been at, McDonald's was fr- like, in the village, there was a McDonald's. The, the partnership stopped now. Yeah. So this is the first Olympics without a McDonald's. Yeah. But you could rock up 24-7, whatever you want, in the food hall, because the food hall's 24 hours, whatever you wanted. And then one time I seen Kobe trying to get his food, bare people hustling him, bare people just like, because it's Kobe Bryant, just, the, but obviously man just wants to get a, and then in that same Olympics, I remember like waking up early because I was always jet lagged in China. <laughs> Cause I, ne- I never, I never, I never, I never adhered to, I never switched up the, the I'm sleep. I'm always jet lagged in China. China's the worst to travel to. So I've, um, I remember just walking, I was by myself. Yeah. The air was hazy and I was just walking, it was hot. And I see a group of people, like five people crossing the road towards me. And I couldn't quite figure it out because football took, took part outside in Shanghai elsewhere. Yeah. And I'm looking and I was just like, nodded at the guy. The guy nodded at me. It's like, that's Ronaldinho. No. <laughs> I was like, and my guy, they came from outside, come into the village. Cause they, the thing you forget is these footballers, the Olympic experience, even for them is still something that they haven't, they, Done, yeah, accomplished. Do you know what I mean? It's still something they wanted. My guy obviously covered. I, I, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but there was a few girls obviously around yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, of course. It was Anderson. Yeah, yeah. And one of her. Ronaldinho was like that. Yeah. He still is apparently. Yeah, he still is. <laughs> and I was crossing the road and my guy's there with it. I was just like, I was like, Ronaldinho. Bruv, he I is. just carried on to go get my, my lunch because I missed breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I just walked past Ronaldinho. That's mad. Yeah. He's like one of my. He's my favourite footballer of God all tier, time. God Bruv, tier, yeah. God tier. He, you would go get your phone and make sure you got that picture on the cell. Like yeah, Ronaldinho Gaucho, bro. Yes, even seeing Pogba with him the other day. Pogba's showing yeah, homage. The guy, the flick flack, flick flack king, boom boom. That's mad. That's what I'm saying. So, and that's one thing I'm so thankful for in terms of like I've missed it this They're year. Cool experiences, man. Where I've been injured, like I've travelled, um, you know, a good percentage of the world. I've I've covered over forty countries. You know, I've been able to see a lot of the world and see a lot of people. Okay, so when you've gone to these countries mm. to perform, um, whether it's for Olympics or any other comp, mm. um, have you actually got to see the country for itself or was it always, I'm zoned in, this is 
I'm here for this. It, it, it differs. So let's say, for example, in a Grand Prix, yeah. Grand Prix scenario, some people, when you're seeing them travel to races for like, where they're representing themselves, okay, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a Diamond League, a World Challenge, just a Grand Prix. Um, nine times out of 10, you, you fly in the day before or two okay. days before. Yeah. Then, then you're there, you race, you go home. Yeah. Depending on when your flight is, you might be able to see what's around you. Yeah. Now, if it's, uh, let's say, for example, uh, a training camp, yeah. then there's a bit more fluidity to it. You know, you'll make a point. Like when I first went to South Africa in 2010, that to me, my eyes were really opened in terms of, really? you know, I, I, I've been there like four or five times and I love the place. And you can get so caught up in like how beautiful the country is. Yeah. But then equally, there's a part of the country that's just not, you know, the disparity between the two. That's something that I was like, wow, you know, you've seen that. Um, And then obviously when you go to like the Olympics or world championships, again, you've got a job at hand. But if it's far, then you might be at a training camp prior and that's when you use the time to look around. I mean... What was the furthest you travelled? Sydney? uh, Yeah, I've been to Commonwealth Games 2018, was in Gold Coast. Oh, Gold Coast. Six, so I was there for five weeks. Okay. So, so that's for a competition. But I've also been to, uh, I did a China, like an Asian circuit one time um, and I flew out to China and I raced in two days. And then after that, the next day, I then flew to Japan, was there for two days. Then I raced and then I was home. That's mad. And I was jet do, lagged. Do you, <laughs> do you fly, do they fly your business? No. And that's what I'm pissed about right now because I'm seeing pure people flying BA, flying this, flying that. Because obviously these guys are aware. Uh, these guys are aware. Wait, that's a huge impact on how you can perform. Of course. Of your legs. Yeah. When they swell up. Yeah. <laughs> your ankles and that. You yeah, you, even it. like a two hour flight, you can feel it. But the thing is, the way it works is, um, I think it's quite interesting now because I'm seeing all of the Olympians now flying. They're all in business class and, I'm, and they're flying like premium economy or something. And it's quite funny because obviously these guys are aware that people are using phones now. So they want to support them. Now, coming back from Rio, if you medal, you got bumped up. <laughs> coming, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> you were rewarded in that sense. No way. Yeah. Um, which is fair enough. I mean, if you want to upgrade, you can pay to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've done that on a couple of occasions, depending on where you're going. But in when it's a Grand Prix, the way it works for like a Grand Prix is like, think of that person as like uh, an event, like a club host or like they're doing an event. Yeah. They've got a budget. So yeah. they will pay for your flight and they're pay for, but they're trying to do it as cheap as possible. Yeah. They might pay you an appearance fee, but obviously if that appearance fee, or if you want to upgrade, you know, one of yeah. the two, um, but not everyone gets an appearance for you. Only certain people with medals or that done well or certain names. Um, and then you go there and then there's a prize money to okay. be won. Um, sometimes some people can go there and come back in debt because they, they might not have made any money and they've got to pay for their parking at the airport. But <laughs> <laughs> it's jokes. You, is that any of your stories? <laughs> Bro, but, mate, yeah. Like, there'd be times I've got to run a PB, come back and I'm in debt, but it's calm because... I've run a PB. What is your PB in 100 meters? So I've run 10.08. So I've run 9.97 windy, 9.90 windy. Um, The 9.97 felt proper. Okay, so for people that wouldn't know what that is, what do you mean by windy? So there's a wind limit 
uh, a legal wind limit, which is what's allowed behind you, is plus two meters per second, okay. which is a very, very light breeze. Anything over that's even like 2.1. And can you feel that when you're running, like the difference? Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, let's say, for example, let's say, let's just take the time 10 flat, for example. Okay. Let's say you run that in zero wind, so the conditions are still. Um, now, if you had a plus two behind you, chances are that 10 flat could be 990, 9988. It can make a tenth difference or so because obviously it's helping you move. Now, you could also run into a minus two. So that 10 flat could now become 10 two. So you're talking about a sway of about three, four meters whether the wind's in front of you or behind you. There must be a thing with the athletes where if the wind is supporting them, yeah. if it's a 10 and it's gone nine something, yeah. they definitely turn around and go, yeah, under 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it's rounded up because it's to the 3,000th or something or other like that. So from that perspective, they, they it is a tough one because like when you get altitude is also a factor. Okay. So if you can go to certain places... A thousand meters is like the legal limit of altitude. So if you can go to certain places that are like nine hundred and ninety-eight meters, the air, air is thinner, thinner. so yeah. you can cut through it faster. Give yourself a plus two as well on the back of that, you'll see a mad time. But you've also got to be in shape to run it. Okay. You get me? Because your conditioning has to be on point for you've the got oxygen. you've got to be able to run fast to run fast. Yeah, you could yeah. go there and if you're not running great, you might be able to improve on that. But if you want to run supersonic speeds, like I know for a fact that for me personally, like I know that I can go sub ten. I, I know it's within myself. I've just got to hit the right race. Yeah. Now, there's some people that can do it with their eyes closed like a suffer pal. He, he's been doing it for a day dot. Everyone's different in their own type of ways. Like, I know that if I'm fitting healthy, Tenno's on the cards. Have you met him? A suffer? Oh, brother, I'd be racing against him all the time. Like, my 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 journey in this sport, obviously, I've raced Bolt. I know Bolt. Like, I know a suffer. You know Bolt? Well, yeah, he'd see it. me. He'd be like, what's you up, know. Harry? Like, he always used to take the piss out of my size. <laughs> he's like, big Harry. Um, <laughs> all the Jamaicans would take the piss out of my big size um, they know it's the African yeah, yeah, yeah but they're, they're calm with it though yeah. them guys because Johan Blake I beat him at my, my world juniors oh did you yeah 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 so growing up with him like he's really cool but then equally I remember seeing him I won the world juniors but he won the world championships in 2011 and I remember getting into the lift with him after he won I said oh mate congrats I said I was like how's it feel he goes oh it feels good you know, it feels, it feels just as good as like, what it might have felt like when you won the World Juniors. And I was just like, oh, that cut deep. <laughs> he let me know that one. Like, but that's the thing. You don't realise what you do that can, not to say that I inspire the guy it or whatever, others, but does. you can give them more fire. You of can course, add fuel yeah. to their fire. That's why I'm nice. I told you, I'm nice to people because I'm not trying to gas you. I'm not trying to make you want to beat me. Yeah, because there's been times. Because you can't. <laughs> exactly. you can't. There's been times where some people have got me so angry that I've refused to let them beat me. Okay. Whereas when someone's beating me, I've gone, ah, you know what? You deserve it. Go yeah. on. You can. I, I don't mind you having that one because I believe that there's enough success to go around. Okay, yeah. In a year, someone can run a fast time, someone can win a medal, someone can win a reader medal. So there's enough success to go around and everyone's going to have their own moment. So I don't mind in certain circumstances helping. I, I'm, 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 I'm a team player sometimes in a sense that I'll celebrate your success. Like when you got your whip, I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not to say that I'm not going to get a good whip. It's not yeah, to say yeah. that nothing's good, good, yeah. not going to happen to me. 100%. And that's why I'm all about them things. When I see my friends and people that I, I'm around and my circle grow, I'm like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think we need more of that in our generation and in yeah. our sports and just the just general ethos of surround yourself with greatness because in, in, in that sort of mindset, you're only going to grow. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Of course. 
Agreed. That's what I'm about, man. 100%. So when you're racing someone like Bolt. Oh, good. <laughs> is it a matter of everyone going, we're fucked? Not really, you know. So for me personally, you you use that use that energy. To fuel. Yeah, use that energy. Use the factor mm. of if you can just get closer to him. Use the factor of let him, because when you run with people, you know, there's slipstreams in that capacity yeah, that you can try and like use that. The whole field is going to run fast because of this guy. Yeah. Don't be scared. Like my mum would always, my mum and dad always say to me, come on, don't, don't be scared of him. Come on, don't fear him. <laughs> Only fear God, don't fear him. <laughs> I know that is so accurate because yeah. I know I've got yeah. boys that yeah. are exactly like that. Only fear God, mate. Yeah. And use the energy that people get gassed when certain man like him step on the track. Like unfortunately at the moment, do you know what? I say unfortunately, but I say fortunately because it's an opportunity for new stars to be made. We've got yeah. Trayvon Bromel, we've got Akani Simbini, Zarnell Hughes, CJ Uja. You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, you got Adam Jamilis. You got there's so many more people that can make names for themselves right now. Yeah, I, I grew up and my, my journey was through uh, a, an American and Jamaican dominance. Like I probably had timing, you know, Tyson Gay, a Suffer Powell, um, uh, Bolt, Johan Blake. Uh, you know, there was all of these guys that like Walter Dix. Yeah, there was pure man that were coming out. If 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 but if if Usain wasn't there running nine nine seven, then a suffer was there running yeah, nine yeah, eight. Yeah. If a suffer wasn't there, then Johan was there. If Johan wasn't there, then Gay was there. There was so many guys, and those guys are on the other side now. Where you know a suffer, I don't know what he's up to. Johan had some injuries, so he's still running, but you, you see him at the games. Um. Trayvon Bromel, who's a New Balance athlete like me, he's looking like he's going to do something really big. But we had guys, no matter where, it kind of, it kind of made people, um, you know, when I tell people my PB is 10.08, they're like, oh, not quite under 10 yet though, is it? And I'm there like, look, <laughs> I, I'm still, uh, I still, I still whoop your ass, didn't it? Like, <laughs> it's still rapid. Yeah. But those guys that came before, your Tyson Gage, your Bolts, because they were dropping times. Like I remember being in a race watching Tyson Gage run 9.69 and going, wow. I was in a world record race when I was 16 run, watching a suffer run 9.77. I've, I've been there and I've seen yeah. those speeds, but because those guys are running those times and making 9.9 and 10.0 look, look okay, like this is what people need to remember. In the Olympic final, when someone finishes last, they're eighth best in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just because there's a gap, that does not mean that they're not shifting. It's just because your field of view makes that guy look faster than that guy. This guy's shifting, you know. That's what people don't recognize. Mate, that's, yeah, I know. And that's like what? What would you be? 0.001% well, of the. You're, yeah, literally 0. Literally. You're half the percent of the world can move like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're not yeah. talking about. We're not talking about. And it's you know, amazing to watch. Like, up close I think when we, I did a I did a little session with some people the other day and I used two boys in exa as an example they were getting gassed off the speed of these boys and like one was 16 he was moving moving doing blocks and I said to these guys I said you're impressed by this right they were like yeah they're moving so fast watch me uh, no not even watch me I said the times that they're running I had timing system and I was timing them yeah. I said the time that these guys are running are British women are running faster than them. Mad. And they were like, they couldn't fathom it. It's like, wow. Yeah. But if you see one of our girls not make the final, don't think that they're not moving fast. Don't think that's how fast people move. You get me? So for them, it, was, it wasn't it was the fact to say, this is how fast I can move. Women are beating them. 
16, yeah. 16 and a 22-year-old boy, the women are moving faster than them. Just so you're aware, Dina Asher Smith would have smacked, smacked them. <laughs> <laughs> That's mad. Yeah, so with, with that, like, we're currently in your home gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've trained there before. Mm-hmm. There's Harry's to- gym. Harry's gym. There's a total of 200 kilos in here. Uh, maybe a little bit more, you know. And how much of that do you lift? <laughs> um, you can lift all of it, no? In a trap, on my, on, my, on, my, on my little trap bar deadlift, yeah. What's your back squat? I don't back squat. Oh yeah, that's right. You front squat. Yeah, I front squat. I do a little bit. I started doing a little bit of back squat because I, I like to just sort of offload the two and I still want to be good at, good at it, if that, that makes sense. Because it doesn't transfer well to what you do? No, you? not necessarily for me um, because when I, like I said, when I was, so when I was 17, um, I had back issues and then I've got, so to this day now, when I spent that year out in 2007, I was actually in a back brace. I got a okay. double pass stress fracture at L3 um, and then I got another one at L5 in 2013. So like my career, I've just managed that. Um, it's, okay. it's affected my drive phase a bit. But um, yes, I get like a lot of acupuncture. Okay. So I just don't necessarily do a lot of things that would give me any form of bad form. So okay. with a front squat, you've got to stay up tall with your chest. Otherwise you're failing it. Yep. Uh, anything going through your back, you can cheat a little bit. Yep. That's slightly forward. Or yep. if you're not prepared for something, not trying to make anything go. So uh, front squat PB, 200 kg. Uh, we do power cleans in here 170 I've done um, in here do a lot of the trap bar deadlift um, um, yeah most most exercises that you see compound lifts yeah and lifts. obviously just moving in a type of way that allows me to move fast on track supersetting a lot of things which yeah. some people agree with something that some people don't yeah um, it's how you manipulate those weights the volume and intensity that helps you progress progress and use that overload in a certain perspective sometimes the body uh the muscles have a short-term memory so if you do something slow you want to finish on something fast Fast. so you know the same way that people do drop sets i'll go and jump and you know if 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 i've been doing squats i'll just go and offload all you bodybuilders you move slow, innit? <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it's true. true. Uh, that, like that, you're not you're not incorporating any explosivity. If you don't train fast, you won't yeah, be fast. If exactly. You slow, you'll be slow. I remember that's yeah. one S and C coach told me that exact line, and I and I never forget that line. And there you go. It's 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 literally bible. I think when you actually look at because they're they're training for growth, you know. Yeah, and I'm I I've never trained for growth. I've never done anything really slow. I remember obviously I'm signed with with USN yeah. and they're predominantly uh, a bodybuilding company. Yeah. So when I've jumped in and met some of the other fellow athletes and tried to jump in a training a, session with a, them. No offense, a proper athlete. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what's funny? They're like, they, it was quite funny when I first went over and I met some of the guys there after a day or two, they're like, you're right. You're right, actually. And I was like, oh, thanks. They're like, yeah, we thought you might be a bit of a dick because you're, you know, a proper athlete. Is that what they said? Yeah. That's so funny. There you go. There you go. That's what they said themselves. Because they they know. Because it's different. It's it's a different world. Obviously, standing... I'm not going to say it's similar to, like, in a category... For me, I can't fathom a world where I I stand in front of someone and someone just judge me and say, (laughs) you're better than someone else. From the way you look. From the way you look. So... It's a bit different when you're talking about like skateboarding, gymnastics, this because is, it's... This is why there's a lot of insecurities in bodybuilding. Mm. And, and it creates such mental health issues with mm. a lot of female bodybuilders and male bodybuilders. The only difference is the male bodybuilders don't talk about it as much as the females. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Men like to hide their feelings. Unfortunately. But it's good to um, talk, guys. Exactly. Come on, it's good to talk. Good. We, it's, we're here. It's yeah. right. Just pick up. Hugs. All around. I don't mind. <laughs> um, but... Um, what you were saying, what was I going to say? As one point I was going to, 
I didn't want to forget. We were talking about the slowness of speed of movement. The slowness. Okay, yes. Yeah. Good man. Um, as an athlete, professional athlete, Monday to Friday, for people that don't know how an athlete would train, yeah. could you give them a breakdown of like your schedule of training? So it could be like Monday, weights, track, whatever. Yeah. So like so Monday to Friday, maybe. Um, yeah, so I, I do actually only train really Monday to Friday. Okay. Uh, now that I'm a dad, um, I like to make sure my weekends are free uh, to help out where I can. Um, so Monday, uh, again, dependent on what time of year it is, whether I'm in, in the way you break down a, a year, uh, you'd start your base training, higher volume, slower speeds, bigger lifts in the gym, uh, October to uh, December. Okay. December, you might introduce some speed. Um, that's when things start to change. January, warm weather camp, training somewhere nice and hot, adding in a little bit more speed endurance and speed. Yeah. Uh, then you compete through February. And then March to May, you'll go back into the similar phase that you did uh, in around December to January. Is that like a general prep phase? Uh, more of a, a building block. Yeah. So okay. general general prep is earlier in October okay. to December. Then it gets a bit more specific. December, January. Okay. You compete, so you get ready to compete through those two months for February uh, and March. And then March, go back into that specific phase. So it's talking about your lactic sort of system, your yeah. speed, your max speed, and then you compete in May, uh, end of April, May. All yeah. the way through the season ends in September, but you'll have your peaks and troughs and just maintaining your training through there. So how my week would look is Mondays tend to be like my acceleration days. Yeah. So I was at the track yesterday for four hours. Um, we're four. doing, so I'm doing like, I was doing sled, general warm up, and my warm up is quite I've substantial. Um, long. You got your sled, uh, do different movements over that. Then I was just doing 10s, I was doing 20s. Um, and then after that, I did a 120 and then I did like a 250. Um, and then I went into the gym just for some gym. quick lifts. But then Tuesday, I'll be doing... Um, so about four or five hours of training. Yeah. And then Tuesday, uh, we'll look like gym. We'll just be a pure gym day. Um, I'll do a warm up. I might go for a run, maybe like 15 to 20 minutes, if that. And then I'll come in and do my lifts, power cleans, front squats. I do like a power circuit where I might do uh, a step up, and then I'll do a jump and then I'll do like a sort of hip lift type shift or switching scissors or something like that. And then I'll do like a circuit, bit of conditioning type movements. Wednesday, back on the track. Yeah. Um, more speed endurance. Yeah. So less acceleration work, more lactic. So talking like maybe like five, six, 150s with like four or five minutes in between. Yeah. Um, that's 150 meters. Yeah. Thursday. Same as Tuesday, yep. and then Friday is going to be a bit of a hybrid, but dependent on where you are. Um, so it might be specific speed, yep. or it might be endurance. So let's say, for example, um, I might be doing hills, yep. so 80, 40, 80, 40 on hills, or I might be doing um, more endurance work with yep. a little bit of speed to begin with. So maybe I'll do some block starts, and then I'll do my um, my endurance, or I might do some sled, and then I'll do my endurance. And then um, I'll have like a down day on Saturday, get my recovery in, and then have a day off on Sunday, maybe do some mobility, yeah. and that's that. But that's like a How vague... How often do you get treatment? Like I'll massages? probably get treatment maybe like once a week. Okay, yeah. Um, I some hands-on. Yeah, I used to be maybe like more dependent, maybe like two times a week. Yeah. But um, I think the way that we can look after ourselves now, um, something I, I, I do need to do a bit more of is just sort of like, you know, just... Uh, like self-care maintenance. Yeah, yeah. I think that's quite uh, something that you can look at. Um, 
it's quite easy to have a physio yeah, yeah. and then just because you get a lot of trackside assistance like exactly, they're warming yeah. you up and whatever else making sure your hips are loose but yeah. um, for me I, I, I would like to improve my hip mobility a bit more yeah. um, so I need to I need to come across and do was it that animal flow maybe yeah. jump in that <laughs> so look anyone that's listening yeah. when I like when I, I always talk about like you know when people talk about hit training high intensity all this stuff and my argument has always been, and I still always will, is that they're not training intensity, they're training volume. Mm. He's training for four hours, but mm. every rep that he's doing through those repetitions is high intensity, yeah. as in high loads, mm. running fast, uh, explosive, high intense workout yeah. for a short, shorter period of time. Mm. And that is how you look like that. <laughs> that is my point. Yeah. I went, so I, I keep telling people how like when you're training, because you've been training for how many years now? Oh, mate, I started when I was like 13. Okay. So, and as his training years go up, his volume tends to probably drop, but his intensity yeah. goes up. Yeah. And that's how you progress more. Yeah. Right? And my message to general population is like, do volume, fine. But when he's training hard between his sets, he's training for four hours he's doing say a heavy set, but then he's probably waiting like two, three minutes before you jump on to the next yeah. thing. So you can apply it again properly. Yeah. Problem you have with general population, they're like, oh, I just did a rep. What do I do in between doing 90 seconds is too long. I'm like, nah, you need to, you chill. need to chill. Yeah. So chill. your nervous system, you do it properly. Yeah. Do you I agree mean, with that? hundred percent. I mean, what you would find is because that's their currency, time is currency in it. Yeah. So for them, they're thinking that they need to spend it when actually you can bank it and spend it on something properly. Do you yes. know what I mean? So yes. if you can if you can accumulate those funds and buy yourself, you know, that that big movement, that's what you're going to get whereas if you fatigue. So something that we do on the track is if I'm timing any rep now to get a gauge of when I'm doing speed endurance, I take my, you know, I am aiming to fatigue myself. Yeah. So obviously the four minutes I'm spending in between, I'm, I'm hardly recovered, yeah. but I'm going again, I've got to maintain the same sort of time. Yeah. And then that's where you see yourself adapt over a few weeks when your times get better during that session. Now, when I want to go max speed and I'm testing and I'm doing things at such a high velocity, we're talking like 15, 20 minutes in between, because obviously you know, that's just in between one, two reps. But like you said, but that's the specific sort of movements when I'm trying to hit those hit those top end speeds. Yeah. Uh, but saying that, like you've just said, in a two, three hour session, um, you know, I, I, I will, when I'm looking at my whoop, for example, I'll burn like, what, two, maybe 15, anything between 1500 to 2000 calories in a session. Yeah. And that, you know, some people are looking for that when they're just trying to do their it goes to show that you can take those pauses. Yeah. Your heart rate will stay high in between. People don't realize when you're creating such force, yeah. you you waste energy. Yes. And if people don't realize this. People think, oh, high intensity, a couple reps. Obviously, the best way to grow muscle is high intensity with yes. high volume. Yeah. But you don't realize how much, how much energy is wasted when you're creating force. When you explain to them and say, um, right now I'm burning calories just because of my genetic makeup and size yeah. and build so for every movement I do think of it like call it a muscle tax yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so because it costs more energy just to move yeah. imagine when I apply the force through the muscle it doubles as well as moving yeah. so the intensity and energy used to do that is so much greater yeah. so when you do build that muscle yeah. and you've got the physique that you want and then you're now trying to build strength allow yourself yeah. the time to firstly recover yeah. 
And then secondly, you can then apply yeah. the same amount of force during that process. Yeah. And then even as you rest, you will still be burning calories because obviously you're still exactly. trying to recover from that process. And that's, I bet you make that calculation when you're doing a session, you're like, you know, I can't do this today. It's, gonna, it's too taxing on the body. Mm-hmm. Therefore, because I've got a big track day tomorrow. 100%. Your body is your best. You, The best thing you can do is to, you know... I, be in tune with your body. Listen to your body. If your body is telling you something in the sense that it's saying that like something's too much, doesn't make you any weaker. It makes you smarter athlete. 100%. Because then you'll be able to apply yourself better by doing something else or yeah. managing yourself in a way that will give you the opportunity to build moving yeah. forward. Some people just like to feel dead all the time and say, I worked so hard. There's nothing wrong with feeling fresh, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I ask you a quick fire question? Yeah. Do you do bicep curls? No. Do you do tricep extensions? No. Do you do anything specifically to grow specific areas of your body? No. And he looks like this. <laughs> and my point is to people, yeah, compound lifts. Get good at the basic fundamentals of movement, but just work on it to grow the intensity with that movement so you can look like my man here. Yes, I do it, but I don't hit that sort of intensity. <laughs> I mean, looking at it, I did a bench session with Olima the other day. And the only reason why I did that was because... Boring, isn't it? It's boring, bro. It's boring. It's boring, isn't it? It's bad. The only reason why I did that is because obviously, well, I've had this surgery. So I had surgery um, a few months ago on this leg. So obviously I can't do anything low at lower body. So something we started doing. So over the course yeah. of four weeks, I just started benching. But because obviously I could... And I was just doing maybe one bench session a week. So yeah. I got up to 165 kilos. Maybe just, I failed at 175. On a bench press. Yeah. So nice. this is just me just, but because obviously I've got muscle before, like, do you know what I mean? You don't necessarily need to, let's say, train a specific area to achieve certain things. If you train yourself in a certain perspective yeah. that allows you to be generally strong, generally fit with the compound list and everything that you're doing with a little bit of sprints, a little yeah. bit of track work, it gives you the ability to then, if you decide to go down that route, yeah. you will, you know, improve quite vastly at that because I think there's still more that I could improve on yeah. in that particular movement, but I was just doing it because I just wanted to do something. Yeah, um, and the guy was kind enough to, to help, help me out as well. So learning some tips from other people, which was quite nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I got to 165 over the course of doing some bench for like what, four, four or five weeks. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and that, and you were doing some bits with Alima. Yeah, so imagine yeah. what would happen if you trained with someone that knew that what they were talking about. <laughs> look at look at you. the way my guys like yeah, I'm waiting for that. The way you guys cuss each other comes so easy <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's too easy. Yeah. I've got some questions for you that I put on my story. Yeah, oh, yeah? sick! All right. So, first one is: How did he find the recovery from his leg injury he suffered at the com- at the competition mentally? Do you know what? Mentally, I'm feeling it now. Really? Now I'm feeling it because we took some time to decide whether to have surgery or not because uh, the injury involved my biceps femoris uh, hamstring muscle. So the tendon, the biceps tendon, uh, that's actually a fast acting tendon. I've snapped and torn, I've torn and snapped my semi-tendon and that was in 2010 and I've been fine. But as this is a fast acting tendon, I haven't achieved what I wanted to do in the sport. I'm not using Bolt. So why am I handicapping myself? Okay. So we had to make the decision and say, you know what? This is the best thing to do. Once I had it, it was fine because it was just sort of like going through that process and it was a struggle. But I was, I'm a bit like Wolverine. I recover really, really, really fast. But it just wasn't fast enough. I love that. <laughs> I make superheroes of my yeah, language. Literally, if you talk superheroes, same. um, you know, yeah, I, I recover like Wolverine. So 
But when I started seeing the British champs happen and knowing that I couldn't get involved and give myself an opportunity to make the team and athletics is starting in the next few days on the Olympics, like right now I'm just waking up and because obviously they're seven hours ahead or so, I'm just looking through my phone and I'm seeing the stories, but... Because you know all of them as well. It's tough and now I'm feeling it, but giving myself purpose every day and giving myself reason to smile every day um, and knowing that I'm working towards something that yeah. I'm still going to achieve, you know, next year we've got world champs, Europeans and Commonwealths. It's tough because obviously I've got to get back to where I was and I also want to be better than where I was, but that's my target and that's yeah. what I'm thinking about. So to answer that question, I'm struggling. It's yeah. a struggle, but you know, if, if there's not challenges enough in, you know, in, in everyday life, you know, I'm quite fortunate to be in this position to, to, to class this as a struggle when there's yeah. some people struggling with, you know, adversities in their actual life and not yes. being able to live life. So, you know, I'm quite fortunate. And I've just got to remember that there's reasons, there's still reasons to smile. You stay focused. 100%. Mm. You've got a beautiful baby and family here. Mate, that's know. what it's about. Yeah. Um, okay. So, <laughs> this is a funny one. Not funny, but kind of what we were talking about. Does Harry's size actually slow him down? <laughs> Would he be faster with a smaller uh, stature? Well, no, because I've actually, so I weigh 85 kilos. There was once upon a time, I got down to about 81 and I felt weak. You would, yeah. I felt really, really weak. But you weren't explosive, as explosive. <laughs> I wasn't as, I just felt weak in myself. Like I remember it was 2011 because that's the thing, like as a young athlete, I, I remember talking to Michael Johnson about it. I remember talking to different people about it. I was like, do I need to be smaller? And when you're, when you're that size naturally as well, when you're not trying yeah. to be, I only started lifting in the gym when I was 20, 21. So when you're now trying to minimize size, it's, this is my gift. Yes. This is my strength. Yeah. So just because other people don't have what I have, I'm trying to normalize myself. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I'm trying to take away, like, you know, Samson had his hair. Yeah. Then he cut it. And yeah. then what happened? <laughs> Samson and Delilah, you know, yeah. Delilah came off and trimmed the, gave him the trim. He lost his superpowers. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to minimize my superpowers. This is a strength of mine. So, yeah. you know, I, I believe that it's, you know, my, 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 my powers, my strength comes from the way I am. And like you said, my build isn't, when you see me, I'm not actually out of proportion. I'm, no. I'm very much in proportion. No, 100%. Um, so um, I, agree. I think people just need to, you know, when I do run fast, it's fine. But when you lose a race, people then would say, well, you could be in it. And they can't help it because obviously when they see such an obvious thing that someone's not doing, when you look at Usain Bolt, everyone do your research, go look at Bolt as a junior, then go look at Bolt as a senior, the guy's wedge. Yeah. He's big. Guy. He would, he, he looks- would, he's done bicep curls. These guys do conditioning and get bigger. A suffer pal. It's got pecs. He actually tore his uh, pec muscle one season because he was benching. Do you know what I mean? Like the, these guys, they actually go and get wedged. So it's just the fact that I've always been wedged. People assume yeah. that, you know, I shouldn't be, but it's just, it's just how it is. Yeah. All right. How fast did Harry run at 17? At 17, that was when I had my back injury. Um, but I'd won the world youths and world juniors. I think by this point at 16, my PB was 10.35. 17, I won the world youths in, I ran a windy 10.26 and ran 10.3, and then 18, I didn't have a time, and then 19, I went 10.10. Yeah, 10.1. Last one, uh, got Alex here. How how would I improve my block starts? Oh, application of force is one thing, and it's 
dependent on who you are as an athlete is so hard. Like if you like, you know what it's like yeah. when I've done some sessions with you straight away, I can tell you how to improve your start in that moment yeah. or you can go away, get stronger, get fitter, work on your engine and then come back and learn how to apply force. Yeah. So there's always a one and two. It's sort of like you can keep improving yourself as a whole and then come in and working on the technical aspect or you can improve the technical aspect and then go work back on the, the engine yeah. and, the, and, and the force generation. Yeah. Um, but something I would say is just working on those first three steps and focusing on, you know, that intensity yeah. and giving each step purpose. And time, mm. I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Massive. Wicked. Guys, I think that was a sick episode. Oh, I'm glad, man. I'm thank, glad. Thank you for... I don't even know how long that was. <laughs> that was quite... Hour and 20. Yeah. Oh, really? We, that's we, like, we've been able to sit through a proper storm. Yeah. I didn't even like... <laughs> I did write some notes down, but I didn't even like... Didn't even look. Problem it's, is we're mates. This is it. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's just This is actually just I like the catch-up. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. So when I came in, I was like, shh, don't say nothing, bro. <laughs> what, um, where can people find you? I'm sure they know where to find you, but... Insta. Can- uh, I drop little bits on YouTube. Um, I mean, yeah. In, Insta's the main hub. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, yeah, just I'm about. You know what? We've got to do a vlog one day where you coach me. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a sick coach. <laughs> he's a sick coach. I'm nagging him to do more of it. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much for listening. Harry, thank you for coming on. Make Thanks sure you subscribe, me. share it with your friends and family, especially the athletes. Peace and love, and I'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Peace. Love it.